Dominic, you gotta plug that. Oh, my guy. Plus, the Shantham is back, but she swears it's just a quirk. Tyson and Angela solidify the game's only cross-show alliance thus far. TJ can't stop praising people. Danny gets a Kiki mention in, as always. Cache remains interested in her old flame while also kicking some butt. And Dominic flirts with elimination in every single way possible. It's the Challenge USA Episode 3 recap coming at you right now. What up, my fellow challenge lovers? Welcome to the Challenge Historian, where we dive deep into all things the challenge, past, present, or future, if it's happening in the challenge universe. Then we are here to document it. I am your host and dedicated challenge historian, Jacob Hollibaugh. Thank you so very, very much for being here with me today. On today's podcast, we're discussing the Challenge USA Episode 3. We are now three episodes into this brand new franchise within the overall challenge franchise. We're over here on CBS, and this episode, you know, was you know, it fell from the highs of last week. Episode two was just such a banger, such a great one. And as many challenge seasons of history, no matter what network they have been on, do tend to do. There is a slight dip. The early season is where you can possibly get the best possible stuff with so many characters there, so many people, so many different things that could be happening. And there tends to always be, you know, when you get the great, great, great episode, it's hard to follow it up with, you know, another one of the exact same caliber. This one certainly falters with that a little bit, but there's still a lot to love, a lot to get to, and we're just gonna, we're gonna dive right in today. Only programming notes, Fresh Meat Recap came out earlier this week. The Challenge Rewatch series rolled on. Season 12, Fresh Meat, a brand new era for the show begins. One of my all-time favorite seasons, a lot of good stuff to discuss, so if you haven't checked that out yet, give it a listen or go binge the season first on Paramount Plus before diving in and listening to it but otherwise that's all that's going on usa will be back next week with a recap of episode four rewatch series reward roll on with the duel other than that let's dive in let's go straight to our cliff notes recap and remember everything that just happened on the challenge usa episode three here we go, as always, with that early season episode with all these people left. There is a lot of plot to get to, and we are going to cover it all here as quickly as we can, recapping everything that happened in the Challenge USA episode three. Here we go. Three, two, one, and we are off. New pairs are announced. Am I going to say all of them again? You bet. David and Shannon are together. Kylan and Angela, Derek and Shan, Ben and Kira, Enzo and Desi, Dominic and Cache, Danny and Azah. Xavier and Kayla, Tyson and Alyssa, Cinco and Sarah, Leo and Justine, James and Tasha, which means no former couples, no former cast members together. Nothing that makes us think the algorithm is playing any little tricks behind the scenes. Back at the house, the Amazing Race trio solidify their bond, so we think. Meanwhile, Shan tries to explain to Derek that she doesn't, in fact, plot at all. She is just super social and has that little quirk of singing the shantham in her head, so she says. Then we get James and Tasha talk about never giving up. Cache and Sarah discuss Gus Cache still feeling a way about Cinco, and Tyson and Angela confirm they are riding with each other and want weak players out of the house. Then it's to the Daily Challenge. It's called Hang On Man. 
run back and forth across the field to build a staircase before one partner stands on a balance beam while another plays a twisted game of Wheel of Fortune. Wrong letter guesses mean extra weight for balance beam partner, who, if they fall, DQs their team from the game. First to solve their hidden phrase, get the final weight to their station, wins. The contest puts everyone's cardio abilities on notice, and it's slow and steady players, Tasha and James, who are first to drop a weighted bag and DQ themselves. They are headed to the arena. The race comes down to Kylan and Angela versus Ben and Kira, with Kylan eking out a final foot race with Ben to claim the win for he and Angela, earning them power and Kylan enough money to qualify for TJ's final. At the house, Angela speaks not to Kylan first, but to Tyson. Clearly, we can believe them that they are tight and working together. Dominic knows he is one of two teams being considered because of the matchup of no big brother players and is open about thinking he is going in and being okay with it. This causes a rift with teammate Cachet, who tries to tell him this is a stupid approach. He does not listen. James, meanwhile, hints that maybe Leo, his amazing racer bud, could be a possibility because of his partner Justine's bank account. That puts a divide in the amazing race regardless of who is chosen. At the arena, it's Dominic and Cachet thrown in to play plug-and-play against James and Tasha. One partner jumps in a tank of water to release 14 blocks. The other partner must take those blocks to the arena floor and stack them in one column to win. The water from the tank is always draining, and if it gets below a line, you DQ and lose. But there is a pipe that will allow you to block it if the person in the tank chooses to do so. Dominic is able to get the pieces to Cache faster than James to Tasha, but as Cache's tower falls over once, it looks like Dom's ignorance of plugging the water drain is going to cost them. But at the literal last second, last half second, last quarter second, Cache gets the tower done, TJ blows the horn, and James and Tasha are headed home from the game. That is a lot that goes down uh, this season, certainly with you know the new pairings every week open up to just all kinds of different storylines coming up every single episode and uh, you know being able to change the game and make it very potentially very jarring in the future to move from you know one storylines one week to brand new ones the next week based on where the partnerships fall and what that effect that has on the alliance. I could see. Certain storylines are possible alliances, you know, coming and going in very rapid, jarring succession in the future where it's here for an episode, then it's completely and utterly gone, and three episodes later, it's totally back again. We shall see. But there are plenty of uh, storylines to talk about with this episode, and let's let's start here. This is my, my initial thought when thinking back over this episode of wonderful television that we just watched. Should there be this much pride in your former show? Because the theme of the game strategically so far is certainly that all of these players seem to be sticking with their people who played on the same show as they did coming in, regardless of the fact that outside of the big group coming from Big Brother 23, most of them didn't play on that other show with any of these people. They just happened to have been on the same show at a different time. And it's interesting that it feels it feels like they've all kind of just forced themselves or willed it into existence, the fact of we don't want to ruffle feathers, so let's all go with the easy thing of, you know, I played Survivor, so I'm going to be with the other Survivor players, and I played Big Brother, and I'm going to be with the other Big Brother players. And it's the only thing that has mattered so far is just in the whole show has basically been whoever wins the Daily Challenge, what show are they from? And whoever, you know, what show, then the rest of the teams, what shows are you from in comparison to the team that won the Daily Challenge so that they don't have to get blood on their hands of, you know, always trying to avoid saying their own show. Now, we did last week see 
Big Brother take the first real swing at, you know, at each other with getting Tiffany out of the game, even if it was Tyson and Justine, Survivor Love Island, that were the ones who voted them in. We know, and they knew, and Tiffany knew, that it was at, you know, the behest of a lot of Big Brother players who said, hey, that's okay. But, they then are back this week to seeming like that was maybe a one-off, one-person thing that they kind of were like, you know, it's a little too much too much leadership going on over there. Let's get her out, and now they're kumbaya again. But does should they all be like this? Should, there be, should they all be so loyal to each other just based on the fact they were all on the same show previously again not with each other it makes total sense when the cookout four uh which uh, i believe are you know um i don't even remember it is kyland and aza and uh whoever else is from not Derek. Uh, Alyssa and Xavier, I believe, or there, I don't even know. I'm getting it all mixed up, but it makes sense. You know, those four or five people are together and it makes a little bit of sense. If you say, you know, we're coming into this brand new game and we want to represent this show we come from, but really like that, does that totally check out that big brother players are like, Hey, like we got to stick together because it matters that a big brother player wins this. Doesn't it just matter if you win this? Not someone from the show you were on because does that really you know elevate your profile in some way some significant way or like affect you more like do they really have that much pride in that i was on this show and so that show matters more than the other so it has to do better than the other it i i get a little bit of the pride coming in but it doesn't totally make sense that anyone hasn't kind of teamed up already across show alliances the only one we've seen tyson and angela are the only ones who seem to be talking about this at all and recognize from you know it helped that they got paired together week one and one week one but they quickly realize you know you're you know the best female in the house you're the best male in the house we think or at least what we've seen so far let's we work too well together once let's work well together we feel like we can trust each other they want the weakest players out which i think is a good strategy this early in the game, given the setup of this game and the randomness of the pairings, trying to avoid ending up with someone who is the weakest person in the house on a daily where you're end up, you know, maybe it's, you know, it's to their weaknesses. The reason they are the weakest player in the house is because this one glaring weakness. And now I'm partnered with them when that weakness is very glaring. And now I'm in an elimination and who knows, anyone can lose any elimination at any given time. So, Totally get that from them, and I like that at least someone, and we kind of think so far, Tyson and Angela definitely, in a lot of ways, because of this partnership, seem like the smartest people there, the only ones willing to go outside of the bounds of just their show, Um, but at the same time, they are both trying to hold on to those show numbers as long as they can. They talk openly about, you know, I've got the survivor people on my side for Tyson. I've got the big brother people on my side for Angela. And it seems like they're kind of spearheading more so without directly saying it, a survivor big brother. We kind of feel like those are the strongest players anyways, type of alliance. But it leads me to ask who is going to eventually go against who? Because it's got to stop at some point. We get some uh, inclination this week that there's a few people who it could be possible. It stops with, you know, at first it's Leo saying that he and James and Amazing Racers, you know, that that bond is broken because James flirts with the idea of having Leo coming against him. But then James ends up getting eliminated. It's just Leo and Kayla left. And so uh, that that isn't a big rift to have left in the game. It's kind of 
you know, got rid of itself almost immediately. The big one is Shan, who sees Tyson and Angela talking multiple times, comments on it, and definitely we are, you know, led to believe based on the edit and the wonderful shot of Shan, and I forget who at the time she's sitting with, but kind of eyeing over and seeing Tyson and Angela over to the side immediately after the Daily Challenge, talking to each other before they've talked to anyone else. Very obvious who they're, you know, who they're trusting, who they're working with. And Shan also mentions uh, in her, you know, her attempt at making better friends with Derek, her partner for the week, that she doesn't really talk to a lot of the other Survivor players, so should she really have their back? So that's a clear crack. There seems to be a little bit of an inclination there that maybe we're being set up for the next episode or two, a Shan or just Survivor in general, somewhat of a breakup or a splintering of that section of the cast. Then the only other one, though, like that's like the only thing we really got to work off of other than, you know, we had hinted at the Alyssa Xavier thing um, previously of their time not totally, you know, either the edit was wrong or they didn't, they weren't, they thought they were on the same page, but they weren't on Big Brother before and maybe that could come back again or is there anything cookout related of someone within that alliance says, you know, we can't just do this alliance a second time. No one's going to let that happen. So I've got to be proactive about maybe going against it to save myself. Who knows? But it kind of shocks me at this point how much pride in their former shows are being displayed, and I'm thinking that's going to come to an end sooner rather than later. Next storyline, then, is just the Daily Challenge itself. Uh, let's talk about it here for a moment. Um Overall, I'm going to give this like a B plus grade, which is very high for me. It's very good because I thought this was an awesome daily challenge. Really, really solid. I like the mixture of the fact that, you know, the putting the cardio on full display, everyone getting to size each other up a little bit endurance wise, while at the same time having the strategy really, really matter and giving it, you know, it really is just a foot race at the end of the day, but there's a bunch of different ways along the way of that foot race that you could totally blow it, such as what happens to Tasha and James, you know, with the dropping of the weight, someone falls. Shout out all the people on the balance beam, though. I feel like we saw one person drop it, but it feels like that was a lot harder than uh, than that's even alluding to, to stand stand up there and do that for a long, long time. But also shout out all the ones doing all the running. That's a lot of running to do. And with the Daily Challenge, it makes me kind of think that uh, it was another, it was a moment where I realized, especially early in this season, the 40-minute showtime isn't really long enough to give us everything. Um, you know, at, there's t- there's parts of me that's like, you know, the 90 minute, you know, when we're with the commercial, obviously 40 minute is 60 minute if you're watching this with commercials like I am live on the night of. I know we now at least have the ability to watch the next morning on Paramount Plus, but then I'd have to delay this podcast and no one wants that. So uh, 40 minute showtime versus, you know, the kind of 70 minute or so 65 minute or so that we get when it's a 90 minute time slot on television, like episode one of this season was, I feel like it gives us a little more time because even though this challenge and the elimination eventually take up, you know, the bulk of this episode, 
it, I feel like I don't know how any of the teams did in this daily challenge except for three. I know that James and Tasha lost and they you know weren't doing great. They were in last and they dropped away and they do bad. And I know that Ben and Kira and Ke- Kyland and Angela do really good. Everyone else, I kind of have no idea. I get an idea maybe from no idea, but I get an idea. I get an inkling less, not a full-blown idea, but uh, an, a thought, if you will, that maybe Sarah seems to be doing great, but that's just based on her confessionals, having confessionals during this, saying she's doing well. Um, you know, I, you know, I don't really get a lot else. And it seems like we maybe need more time because as always, while I would like to have a little bit better of an idea of how everyone did in this challenge, I would much more rather have more time of like, are these people getting along? Are there, is there any fun happening at the challenge warehouse that they're in this season is there's gotta be some romance going on, right? Are you like, there's where I know the age range is very varied on this season. One of the widest spreads of all time, but there's also a lot of single people compared to many recent seasons of the flagship and of course all stars. So I feel like 40 minute show just isn't long enough to give us everything we need to see. And certainly to even with the daily challenge, taking up as much time as it does to give us a fair representation of like, how are all these people doing when it's a daily challenge that all takes place at once versus the different runs for every person. But let's move on next storyline. Don't be willing to go into elimination. How hard is it? You don't even have to have ever watched the show before to understand this core principle of the challenge, which is avoid the eliminations at all costs and actually put some effort into avoiding the eliminations at all costs. It matters. That little bit of effort can matter because at times you'll run into Dominics that are just willing to put themselves up there, willing to make it easy for the team to throw them in, which he does here. And what the hell, Dominic, you got to be willing to fight a little bit harder than that. But him not, his willingness to just be like, hey, it's probably us. I'm down to go in. I'm just going to go lay on uh, my lawn chair out here again, makes me remember, makes me first question from him, but also then remember something after. I question with him, is he just maybe not having the best time there? And it's like, it's it's fine. Like, what's the worst that can happen? I go home and that's fine. Because like, you know, he is, he's either the oldest, I think, or maybe he was the second oldest, uh, Tasha, who he eventually takes out. So he might be the oldest in the house now. But is he like, is he just bummed to kind of be like the older guy that knows Let's be honest, although he performs great in the, uh, you know, in the daily and the elimination here, physically doesn't seem like he's maybe going to stack up at this point in his life with some of the others in the house. And so maybe he's just like, you know, I'm the old guy, I'm married, I'm not really like socially vibing with too many people, I don't feel like I got a big chance to win, and, you know... So at some point, does he just be like, you know, I, I guess I'm not really having that great of a time and this is kind of boring. And do we as fans, I have to ask myself this as fans, uh, as a fan of the show all the time, a fan who specifically would give anything to compete on this show and thinks it's the coolest thing in the freaking world. Do we have to remind ourselves that sometimes some people get into this situation and get onto this show and realize this ain't for them. It's not what they either hoped it would be or thought it might be. And in fact, they're not having a good time and they might be resigned to like, yeah, uh, actually, I don't really care about being here and I'm okay with getting thrown into elimination because I'll either go home and that's okay or I'll get some excitement and I'll get some fun. I'll get to compete in something and that's fun too. And maybe we'll spice it up. 
I feel like that attitude, survivor players especially are susceptible to this. I feel like big brother players are, you know, given what they do on their show and how stuck in their house, 24 seven cameras on them. Um, you know, just the, the craziness of being stuck in that big brother house, what it leads them to. I feel like they're, they're totally comfortable with this and they're not going to, unless they're super not into the athletic part of it, they're not going to come into a house and have a bad time. I feel like the survivor players that might, you know, love the game of survivor so much because of what it, you know, physically pushes your body to. And you feel like you're really on this journey and this like incredible task that's put in front of you. And, you know, all you're focused all day on like, I know I'm hungry. I know I'm basically starving out here, but like I can push through, I can do it. This is a test. This is me overcoming whatever. And then they get into a challenge house and maybe, you know, if they're like, uh, this game's a little more social people, you know, we have to go to the bar every night. We're have to, after every daily challenge, they kind of make us, I don't really like that. I'm not vibing with people. It's not, you know, it's a different game physically. And, you know, I feel like survivor players are just susceptible and it seems like Dominic maybe just isn't having the greatest time. And so he's open to going into elimination cache, totally right to call his ass out though. And I got to say cache, handles herself incredibly well in this episode because if you if you you know replay this and you tell me that Cache sees what Dominic is doing and not only in being willing to go in and talking to it about everyone but then when she confronts him about it being like hey I'm calling the shots here just like you know leave me alone and kind of make sarcastic comments as he walks away to her ex-boyfriend she would have every right to go just lay into him and be like, what the fuck, man? This is bullshit. This is, it's not just you. It's me here. We're partners. Like, just absolutely go off on him. And she does not. She keeps herself very composed. So hats off to her for that. I do not know that I would have been able to do so in the moment. Which leads me to, since we're talking Cache and Dominic anyways, let's talk about the elimination. Really, really cool design. Whole thing is great. The elimination as a whole, loved it. Uh, visually, very appealing. The way they set up the tank so you can watch everything inside. Uh, just very, very good. Give it a, a worthy grade. I'm, I don't know the exact letter grade I've got for this one, but it's definitely in the B range, somewhere in the B range. It's very good stuff. Uh, not all time. you know. I don't know if I need to see this one over and over and over again, but I do really, really like it. I think it was well-produced and well-concocted. And as always, this is the hardest part of this entire show is just coming up with new daily challenges, new eliminations after every episode forever in perpetuity for you know 600 or so episodes that they've done across all different genres, franchises of the show. So hats off to them for that. Dominic, though, we said it first, literal first thing we said to open this podcast in the cold open. But Dominic, what are you doing? Why? How does he not realize to plug the hole and slow the water drain? How he's in the tank. So I'm guessing while we don't hear anyone yell, I don't know if anyone would be from this, you know, from the peanut gallery would be yelling like, hey, like, what are you doing? I, I doubt if they if if they did, if he could maybe hear down in there, but Cache could certainly hear and then maybe turn around and, you know, like knock on the tank and be like, what the fuck, dude, put your foot down. But absolutely wild and can't believe that they pull off the victory at the last second. When Cache's thing falls over the first time, it's like, this is over. There's no chance, you know, they've really hit home this whole, like, if your water goes below the line, you disqualify. 
and felt like we were going to get there. Feels like this one was really, you know, I never know. Does TJ, is he getting a signal from someone else, like a producer in the background to say when something's over or not? Or is he truly, you know, is he 100% the referee? Is he like 50% the referee and 50% off camera? We've got a Steve Jabby over in New York calling in to, you know, do the replay reviews. But uh, that that water was at the line. And when the water's sloshing around a little bit, was the water below the line, above the line, at the line? Did TJ say he had to go below the line, at the line, or, you know, touch the line? Who knows? But one way or the other, they give Cache and Dominic the win. Nail biter. Uh, and you got to love when we get, you know, this off-brand version of or side kind of side version of when we get a nail biter elimination is always great it's what you want it's what we come for but this one not even a nail biter of this team could be done this could team could be done but an interesting scenario of they're gonna dq or win at any second the other team is clearly way behind there is just now are they gonna dq or are they gonna win they're on the clock and they're the only team that matters riveting riveting stuff the only other thing I'll say about the elimination, the rules, as always, not well explained to the audience. I wonder how well explained they are to the cast itself, but had no idea the blocks were different sizes until they started building those towers. Uh, didn't get a good visual on those in advance. Didn't get any explanation in advance. Um, how the blocking and flowing of the water worked, I very much understood that if your water you know, ran below the line, you DQ'd, but the way the monologue we got from tj as an audience was you know i'm gonna pull at some point i I think he literally said the words at some point i'm going to pull this lever and the water is going to go out fast and i was like oh so like you know later you know midway through or whatever he's gonna pull it out and you know it was unclear of you know do you dq dq do you like that's all the puzzles you get to build up and so your other other team has to beat it and then the, we started, and he like pulls the lever to start, and the water's going out to start. It was just all a little confusing, but what elimination isn't? So that's that. Final storyline items just to touch on before we head into a couple awards here. A couple just real rapid-fire quick updates, two of them for you. The first one, my guy Danny. Love him to death. Love Danny almost as much as Danny clearly loves his wife, Kiki, and loves mentioning his wife, Kiki. We have said it before on the pod, but update, Danny gets one confessional this episode. Does Kiki get mentioned? You bet your ass she does. I believe I will have to go back and get the official count, but at the unofficial account right now, we are at five out of 11 confessionals for Danny on the entire season, 11 total confessionals, five of which references his wife kiki the first of each episode that he has always references her so i expect that to continue which on a similar note shout out the guy the man the legend alan aguirre uh many many great tweets throughout the episode as usual one of which referenced this uh made a joke out of you know danny referencing kiki kiki's getting more airtime than David on this show, which I thought was hilarious. And as always, you should, if you if you don't know of him or don't follow his work, Alan Gure at medium.com. Great write-ups, hilarious on Twitter, part of the Caffeine Confessionals podcast crew. Um, but it made me realize and go back to uh, David. Another no confessional episode. We officially have one confessional through three episodes for David. We do get a brief 
uh, audio of his voice during the daily challenge this time, but he is has his back turned to us and it's from far away on screen. It's not in a confessional, and uh, and so I'm still I'm still left wondering did. Did David, you know, is he getting edited out for some reason? If he was getting edited out, why did he get the one single confessional last week? Or is he just, you know, getting far and away the worst possible edit of all time out of this rather large cast? Who knows? Third and final quick update then. TJ, we talked about it last week. We uh, we had a full, part, a full storyline uh, talked about TJ being pretty over the top and pretty effusive with his praise for these new cast members, new to the challenge world cast. And, uh, he does it again. He opens this episode after, you know, is it right before, right after the algorithm? It's during the algorithm part, right at the very beginning of the episode, he makes the new pairs. And then before they leave, he tells them, quote, I haven't seen a group this heavy in heart in a long time. Un- end quote. Like, <laughs> What, what, who is, who is making him do this and why? Um, or does TJ actually did, is, does he just having such a great time in Argentina filming all these different versions of the show all at once that he, he really truly means this stuff? Like they're, they're all competing super well. Sure. You know, three, two daily challenges and two eliminations in at the point he says this, you know, no one's given up. No one's, you know, quit. You know, we did have one person faint from having to go up 20 flights of stairs. We did have two people fall continuously and not even bring a letter back in 20 minutes in the last daily challenge. Um, but haven't seen a group this heavy in heart in a long time. I mean, you, you know, it, it, it's just a lot. It's just a lot. And it continues a, a, a trend all three episodes now. We've got TJ throwing some effusive praise out there when it uh, otherwise doesn't 100% seem warranted. Not that I'm saying they deserve, you know, uh, anything against them. But usually in the past, you know, TJ saying things like he killed it, heaping praise on someone is reserved for, you know, really, really big moments or players that have been around the block a few times and maybe on their way out we got to give them give them their flowers give them their praise as they're headed out of a season but we will keep you updated on that we will keep you updated on david on kiki mentions and on everything else but for now that is all the storylines let's head into the awards segment must admit, uh, the quotes this week were a little bit lacking. There wasn't a lot to work with, um, which you know maybe you know maybe it's just a blip. We'll see. But uh, I need I need a little more from this cast, and I know there's there's a lot of folks within this cast who can bring it. Uh, we just need to maybe get some of them a little more involved in these storylines or winning or going into elimination or something to get them a little extra screen time. Cause the confessionals certainly leaned heavily towards, you know, the five or six people that are either winning the challenge or in the elimination, which makes sense, but leaves us a little lacking on the quote front comes down to two nominees, teammates, uh, cache in Dominic first it's cache who really, really, really doesn't like how Dominic is going around telling everyone that he's totally fine putting himself into elimination. Respectfully, I want to put a piece of tape on Dom's mouth. Gotta stay ready. Let's just saddle up at this point. It doesn't matter to me. I'm gonna just enjoy the night and polish my boots. I'm also not dumb, and neither any of the other girls from Love Island. Just because like we're a vibe, and we're cute, and we're funny, doesn't mean that we're not playing the game. Do you want to go in? I kind of do. 
And then the second nominee, speaking of Dom, Dom himself comes back around, ends the episode both on the high note of pulling out the win, thanks to Cache getting it in just under the wire, but also dropping uh, our second nominee and who I am going to go ahead and just say is the winner for the quote of the week. Take it away, Dom. If I would have lost because of a silly mistake, I don't know how I would have been able to go home. So thank God Cash got this done. Now it's time to see what the algorithm has to say. Angela and Kylan, I'm getting my revenge. And in the future, always remember to plug your hole. Great stuff there. You know, if we're only going to get a couple nominees, at least at least they're both good, and at least the winner is making me laugh, which, quick aside, I, I, I just said Dom instead of Dominic, and... I can't do it. I know some of the people in the in the show are calling him Dom instead of Dominic. It's got to be Dominic. If you know anything about uh, my out myself outside of challenge fandom, you know I am potentially, possibly, probably, likely the biggest Fast and Furious fan in the entire world. Once wrote a book all about the Fast and the Furious. Salute me, Familia. It's available on Amazon. Shameless plug. If you're interested, if you like the Fast and the Furious, but uh, Dom Toretto is the only Dom I will acknowledge as Dom. So from this day forward, I'm not even going to try to do that again. Just Dominic, no matter what everyone else in the house calls him. Moving on to best moment of the episode. Three nominees here. First one, we referenced it earlier, but I just loved everything about Shan and Derek's conversation and Shan explaining to Derek that she doesn't, in fact, you know, she isn't scheming that much. She isn't plotting that much. She just has this quirk that is, you know, when she's thinking about anything, she has the Shantham song in her head. If you did not uh, watch her season of Survivor, Survivor 41, uh, which, uh, as you know, if you've been listening to the season's recaps, is the old, her and Danny are the only show that I watched previous to any of these people coming into the challenge world. And so Shan on that show, she did, uh, she was, you know, a part of multiple either blind sides or attempted blind sides. She eventually had a showdown with her, you know, BFF on the show that were working together, Ricard, where they openly talked about having one of us has to take the other one out. Who's going to, you know, do it first. And Ricard won that battle. But a couple times during the season, Shan would kind kind of, you know, she would, she would tell us via confessional survivor confessional that she would hum this song in her head when she was trying to think over, should I do this? Should I not do this? Should I try to pull this string, not pull this string? And it became called the Shantham and it was a whole thing. And so she tries to downplay that to Derek that, you know, like that's just a quirk I have. And I'm actually just being social and really liking people. I'm not doing any plotting. Derek is like, I want to start on a, you know, I want to start fresh with everyone. I want to give everyone the benefit of the doubt. But uh, also part of me believes that like you have a name for the song you hum in your head when you think about stabbing someone in the back. So maybe I'm going to, you know, stay a little uneasy around you, but the entire, they do a survivor flashback, which is one of the interesting things about this being on CBS now is that they have access and I assume the uh, privilege to show any footage from previous shows that they want that maybe over on the MTV flagship they don't always get so we get the full little Survivor Shantham montage so that whole conversation montage loved everything about it nominee number two Tyson and Alyssa <laughs> right before the daily challenge they're doing their little pre-confessional pre-daily challenge confessional Tyson drops that you know yeah, we're just going to have to do a bunch of running today, which, you know, 
that's not a problem because you know I heard someone in the house joke that you know they once rode their bike 12 miles and that's not even a warm up. Tyson, by the way, former professional cyclist among other things, collegiate swimmer, survivor champion, all kinds of crazy stuff. Um, and Alyssa has to let him know, uh, Tyson, that was me. Well, I feel pretty confident, especially when I hear people in the house that are like, one time I biked 12 miles. Guess what? That's not even a warm up. <laughs> that was me, though. Oh, that was you. Alyssa, that's not even a warm up. <laughs> So that moment between them is absolutely just gold. Love everything about that. And third and finally, then, the last second elimination victory by Cache, putting that on her tippy toes to get those last couple blocks on top, pulling it off, getting the win, literally with no time to spare. Again, you could argue, you know, maybe they did, maybe they didn't show it, but if I'm James and Tasha, I'm a little bit looking over like, are you sure that they didn't DQ? Are you sure? But get it in just under the wire. What a moment that was. Those are your three nominees. And if I got to pick one, you know, as much as I loved uh, both Shannon Derek's conversation and Tyson Alyssa's moment, uh, you got to go. When an elimination comes down to that nail biting of an ending, you got to go with that being the moment of the episode, especially given the backstory of Cache and Dominic up until that point in the game and his kind of lack of care if that would have come back to bite him and his teammate in the butt, that would have been, you know, that's the story of the episode. So that's the moment of the episode. As for the MVP of the episode, we got a top five ballot. This one pretty straightforward. Coming in fifth, my guy Leo, cat guy Leo. Love you, Leo. Uh, had a, you know, showed out well, was one of the few people that was not in the limb and was not a winner of the daily that got a decent amount of screen time, given that he almost got pulled in there by his buddy James. So Leo, uh, had a good showing comes in fifth Dominic in fourth. Yes. The elimination win, but again, everything else with him, we've talked about, uh, you know, he's not moving any higher than fourth, but obviously a major player within this episode. Then third Kylan and Angela getting that win, asserting their dominance, Angela, both, earning uh definitely if she hadn't already earning that reputation is probably the woman in the house to beat power rankings coming up momentarily but spoiler there where she'll probably end up but kyland as well on his side starting to really move himself up the ranks on the male side and really show that he came into this extremely prepared and ready to go second then the runner up is james Mr. James Wallington, I'm going to be so sad that he's not on the show anymore. He's been such a delight. His first three episodes, great effort from him, entertaining all three episodes, loved everything we got from James. He was nearly the MVP of the episode he went out on, but the woman who took him down in the elimination is our episode MVP. That is Cache. Loved everything, her performance this episode, both, you know, she did well in the daily they obviously win the elimination. She is the one that wins that at that last second. She handles her a partner who's, you know, a little not acting in ways you would want your partner to act, not maybe seeming to care as much as you'd want your partner to care. She handles that well. We still get a little bit of, if there's any flicker of hope at any romance this season, Cachet's trying to keep that flame alive of maybe maybe me and Cinco have one more chapter to write. So she's, she's bringing it in all facets of the game. She is your episode MVP. 
On to the power rankings we go. And quick update of the personal power rankings. This is not how I believe they will eventually fare in the game. This is just me coming into a brand new cast of a bunch of people I don't know where they stand in my heart. And while the top seven that we had last over the last week, two the last two weeks, uh, has not who is in that top seven has not changed. The order of them has changed slightly. Angela moves all the way to the top. I, I, Angela's my favorite right now. If I had to pick a favorite three episodes in, it's absolutely Angela enjoying everything she's bringing to the program. Desi last week's number one falls to number two. We got zero Desi this episode and I was heartbroken over that. Don't do that to me again, please. And thank you. Challenge USA. Leo coming in third, my fellow cat guy, Leo, Danny and Shan. I split up Danny at fourth, Shan at fifth. Tyson at sixth. He's still the star of the season thus far. Even this episode couldn't have been less to do with anything going on. Finds a way to make an impact. That's how you know someone is a star of the season when they pull that off. Loving, loving, loving Tyson being in the challenge world. And then Kira in seventh. Those seven remain my seven favorites. I've, I've liked them the most thus far this season. As for actual power rankings on how they are doing and how I believe they will do and fare in the game, as always, uh, no spoilers here in power rankings, predictions, anything. I have thankfully done my best to avoid and been successful in avoiding any and all of those. So on the female side, uh, same three as we had last week, but a slight change in the order. Angela, by default, she just has to move up to number one. She was in second place last week. We move her up to number one, her second daily win of the season. She is clearly tied with Tyson. They're the power players in the game, and that's a great spot to be in. A lot of power to have, a lot of authority to have, a lot of ability to have. So Angela's got to be number one. Sarah's got to be number two. She moves from three to two. She's clearly got the physical stuff down. She seems to be playing a smart uh, political game thus far and social game and, you know, having all the at least the survivor cast vibing with her in a solid way. And so, um, and you know, she's got to slide up to number two and then my girl Desi falls from one to three simply on the back of, I don't doubt her abilities any, any more or something than I did last week or the week before, but, uh, you know, I don't always get super in depth on the editing and, you know, who's getting the right edit to tell, to insinuate to me that they're about to be a champion, but, when you get a complete no-show episode, that alarms me and you can't remain in the number one spot on my power rankings if you're getting a total no-show episode from the editing point of view. So she drops two-third. Angela, Sarah, Desi, that's my top three on the female side. On the male side, Tyson remains number one. It's not even close. He's number one until someone literally knocks him out of there. Danny, number two. Kylan bumping in his way into the power rankings, sliding up to number three. Love everything I'm seeing from Kylan. He is clearly ready to run a final to rock this. He's been thinking it through. He's trained the right way. Um, I, I think he deservingly moves into the third and final spot on the male power rankings. Then finally, power rankings through onto the predictions. Uh, we of course started the season off two for two on predictions. Big brother first show to turn on each other. Got that right last week. Tyson becomes the front runner. Got that right every week so far. Um, we have yet to lose any of the 10 finalists that we predicted. Cache was in there. We thought for a second she might be gone, but she remains. So all 10 of our predicted finalists still remain in the game. 
the first thing we've gotten wrong. Last week, we said a survivor player would be on the winning daily challenge team every single time. That was a bit bold of me, and I'm already wrong, but we will keep track the rest of the season. We're 0 for 1. I don't think there, I don't think there's going to be many more weeks. I still feel good about that prediction. Our new prediction that we're adding, though, the newest one, the final one, the only one we're adding this week, Kyland will win three daily challenges. He wins his first this episode. I believe he will... Uh, you know, in many ways become the, you know, the secondary or the equal to Tyson on the male side. I see him winning three daily challenges and becoming a clear, clear threat, a bunch of money in his bank, maybe ending up in an elimination, maybe him and Tyson either working together or going against each other as the top threats. But Kylan will win three daily challenges before it's all said and done or more three or more. I'll, I'll take the over. I'll take three or more. No matter what that is the newest prediction. And with that, we've predicted, we've power ranked, we've awarded, we've storylined, we've cliff note recapped. We've done it all. So the challenge USA episode three recap, it's in the books. And we will, of course, be back next week for episode four, same time next week, same time every week throughout this Challenge USA season. A solid episode uh, from this new franchise of the show that we all love. We will see if they can come back and get you know to the high highs that they hit with episode two, but still a good episode, still loving this season so far, and certainly enjoying it even more than I thought I would coming in with the slight reservations that I did have. I'm absolutely enjoying this new franchise, enjoying all these new people, and I look forward to getting more from them, getting to know them more, getting to see some more fierce gameplay from them in weeks to come. So thank you so much for being here and listening. As always, hit that follow subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. If you would be so kind and you're still listening to this, go ahead and drop a five-star rating. No matter what platform you're on, almost every one of them has a rating system at this point, and you have no idea how beneficial getting more and more of those ratings dropped on the show can be for an independent podcast like this one. So thank you, thank you, thank you to those who have and to anyone willing to do so. Thank you for being here. Love to you all. Have a wonderful weekend. We'll be back next week. Until then, peace.